This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to No Joke with Billy and Adam here on the HeadGum Podcast Network. Uh, this is a podcast where Billy and I take a theme and loosely discuss our past, present, and future relationships to it. Today's guest is Amir Blumenfeld, and today's topic is jobs. Please enjoy No Joke. Hello and welcome back to episode two of this, the No Joke podcast mm-hmm. with Billy and Adam. Hurrah! Um, first episode we did uh, revolved around the topic of... Firsts. That's right. Yep. And we did it just you and I. Yep. And it was an experiment, and I'm very happy with that experiment. It was so great, and we're so happy with it that we've decided to scrap that format immediately and <laughs> invite a guest. <laughs> it went so well that we're immediately changing it up. Yes. Yeah. It didn't test well in the 30 minutes between the first and second recording. <laughs> exactly. AKA, we had an other idea. Yeah. So we just follow that impulse. Right. Yeah, yeah. Adam's uh, not even going to be on the show, right? No, no. I'm yeah. leaving now. Right. Welcome to the Billy and Amir podcast. Um, the podcast where every podcast is a different podcast. <laughs> so you never get your bearings, and that's a guarantee. <laughs> um, we have a guest today, and that guest is, uh, I'd say the guy who, he's almost, if you're a podcast on HeadGum, you've had to have the rite of passage and have Jake or Amir mm-hmm. or Jake and Amir as your first guest. Prerequisite. Yeah, Prerequisite. It's, it's helpful, and then also... Um, good for us it's a double win really okay because the user is like oh i know these guys this is a comfortable feeling it's mm-hmm. interesting that you said double win because most people say win-win <laughs> you said yeah. this is one of those double win yeah. situations <laughs> yeah. it's, i wouldn't even go so far as to say a win-win okay. yeah this is just a double win that's <laughs> one just below uh, yeah. the win ladder <laughs> two wins it goes two wins then a double win <laughs> then a win-win right yeah. it's like flush yeah straight <laughs> and then straight oh flush. <laughs> and then double flush it's right underneath there. and then do you Remember Dattenwin, the What's linebacker that? for the uh, Dallas Cowboys? Yes. Yep, yep, yep. So it's Asian, two wins, Japanese, uh, Vietnamese. Vietnamese, yeah. The two wins, double win, win win, Dattenwin. Yeah. <laughs> that is wonderful. Uh, his oh. name is Amir Blumenfeld. He is one of the founders of the HeadGum Network, and he is a master at the podcast, so it makes oh. sense that he would be out. Does that make guess. you uncomfortable, Amir, if we preface by saying that you're a po- literally a podcast master? <laughs> I think. Billy meant, and I agree, like, master in knowing how to record and upload. Yes. Not necessarily how to host. Right. And like, IT I know what master. goes in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like a technological, uh, techno master when it comes to podcasting. You know the programs. Yeah, um, I know what RSS feeds are. I know how to migrate from SoundCloud to Spreaker, from Libsyn to PodBay. I know how to submit to iTunes. I know what the review process is like. I know all the stuff that you necessarily shouldn't know because who has this many podcasts to worry about? 60% of those words were false, were yeah. fake words that you just said, I know for a fact. Right, yeah. 60% of those That's words correct. were not real. And yeah, you yeah. as the listener, <laughs> have email, to determine. Us. <laughs> email us at nojokepod at gmail.com yeah. and tell us which words of those were real. Oh, did you get that? Nojokepod? Yeah. At gmail. Yeah. Nice. Gmail. Oh, yeah. Gmail, not like AOL or like Yahoo or... We know what's cool with millennials. We know what's cool. We know what millennials want to hear and it's Gmail email yeah. addresses. We know that for sure. <laughs> the uh, first episode revolved around firsts. Yeah. And this episode does not revolve around seconds. We're going to revolve thirds. the second episode <laughs> immediately to thirds. Oh, yeah. I love Dat that. Dat thirds. <laughs> this, the second episode of the No Joke Podcast with Billy and Adam, will revolve around jobs. Yeah. 
Oh. We've all had jobs in some capacity. Yeah. In some some capacity. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that what we've established is that it's going to be three acts in this mm-hmm. podcast. The first act will revolve around jobs we've had. Mm-hmm. Jobs uh, in the second act we have. Mm-hmm. Present and, tense. And Got it. Uh, future. Uh, in the third act, mm-hmm. what jobs we'd like to have? Yeah, what jobs we think we uh, would be good at, or afraid that we will ultimately have. Correct. What is that? What is the name of that? You guys are real actors. What's the name of that structure? Past, present, future. Is that a thing in acting stages or plays or something? I wonder. I think it's called past, present, future or that's, something. That's perfect. I think that's what that's it's called. Right. The technical theatrics, the Chekhovian <laughs> art of past, present, future or something. Or it's something. like the ghost of. Wasn't that a thing in the? I haven't... the ghost of Christmas future. Yeah, the ghost, yeah that was. Uh, that's, what was that? Come on, come on. Scrooge, Ebenezer Scrooge. A Christmas Carol. Right. Yeah, Ebenezer Scrooge. I'm looking at two Jews, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so maybe. If, yeah. I didn't, if I didn't get that question right. <laughs> I know so little about Christmas culture. Like, I don't know if that is the same as uh, a Christmas story. <laughs> Good call. <laughs> like, is one of them Dickens? Is one of them Jimmy Stewart? Ta- it's Tiny all one Tim thing. is in one of those two <laughs> yes, vehicles. Yes, Tiny Tim. Of course he's in it, but I don't know which one. Yeah. Also, what is Scrooged? Right. Scrooge is the Bill Murray movie that was an adaptation of A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. This actually leads us in a very, very smooth transitionary way to one of the jobs that Billy and I had in New York, where when we were both corporate caterers for a company in New York that would cater all... Did you ever do any catering, Amir? Was that ever a party? Yeah, food catering. Never, never. Really? Never. Billy and I worked for this massive, massive... Like the Nike of catering and that it was just so corporate and it would do all like the Lincoln Center type venues and the Natural History Museum. And one of the museums that we had to cater out was the Morgan Library. And in the Morgan Library, yes. it was literally J.P. Morgan's personal library. That's what it was. Um, and within it was the original manuscript of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. And on it was a like, pedestal. Uh, literally on a podium, <laughs> on a pedestal in the middle of like the grand ballroom or whatever. This is going somewhere. Yeah. Not there yet? Not there yet. But in the Morgan Library was literally the sort of gilded first edition ever original manuscript yes. of he, Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol. physically wrote it by yes. hand. And, that, that and now it's there. Okay, now it's at the Morgan Library. So <laughs> Billy and I are bartending at said Morgan Library and Billy specifically is assigned to the Charles Dickens room. Yes. So Billy needs to bartend to the Charles Dickens room. Uh, and Billy, you want to... It's worth him? noting that as bartenders on public sites like museums and uh, places like that, they don't have bars built in. So you have to make makeshift bars. Mm-hmm. So guys like Adam and I would set up the tables build all the bottles on top of it and then put these maybe 15 gallon jugs behind us where we would pour out half empty soda bottles and just kind of slop for the refuse and for the trash and for the half drank whatever right if you pour coffee and you had a little extra you'd all pour it in this one trash can can. like a lick just for liquid but just like a liquid bottle of liquid trash exactly (laughs) and over the course of a five-hour party that trash would slowly just accumulates yes and you'd probably have about five gallons of disgusting trash behind and it's super heavy and requires two full-grown adults to like lift the disgusting (laughs) slop bucket and sort of shimmy it over to a sink or a drain and dispose of it so that was what can possibly go wrong nothing right so you have this overfilled (laughs) bottle of liquid trash and the world's most expensive book all right but don't forget about the third element billy billy yeah a drunken bartender (laughs) true who is being dared to lift things up because he's strong so he's been working at the jp morgan library for about seven hours now and he's ready to get the F out of the Morgan Library. F stands How for frick. I am probably like 24, 25 years old. Yeah, we're right there. Yeah. Like that. 
And so party closes, guests leave, and it's my job to stand by the slop and wait for someone of equal size to help me carry it out of there. Unfortunately, there's no person. No one of equal size. Yeah. <laughs> Only the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> yeah. And so Was I, not available. And so I say, it's not going to be easy, but I got this. <laughs> That's oh, Billy's okay. general life philosophy as well. Because <laughs> you're like, I'm strong. I can lift anything. Yeah. I could lift it. I couldn't walk it. Yeah. So, you, so it was what, roughly, what would you say, 100 pounds? Yeah, probably about 100 pounds. It, so you it's have to like, lift and then shimmy over. If you've Precisely. Never, if you've ever taken an air conditioner out of your window yeah. and had to bring it to a closet three rooms over you know that awkward kind yes. of waddle you do or the remember old tvs where it was like insanely heavy at the front and then just empty in Tube the back pills. totally disproportionately yeah. weighted <laughs> cannot <laughs> cannot lift it up you have no idea where the center you of balance should be you're yeah. so right those sanyos <laughs> <laughs> level out that weight, Sanyo. Sanyo well, for the long, love of God. Long story short, billion fifteen gallons of slop uh, go slipping all over the floor. <gasps> I pour all of that on J.P. Morgan's floor. Wait, it, wait. What do you mean it slips on? Listen, the... Billy tried to lift, lift it, up, it up. Tried to do the air conditioner Sanyo TV shimmy. Tried yeah. to lift it up. Couldn't quite manage. The, all the slop started to billow out of the slop bucket and just directly, <gasps> swoosh, directly into the podium. Shining style. Avalanche, yes. quite literally, shining style blood it tipped avalanche over, yes. and all of the liquid trash, refuse, just everywhere. a tidal wave of it everywhere, all over but the floor. Namely, the podium that Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol rests on, and I'm not joking when I say that that podium's not bolted into the ground. And I watched it slide and have lose all friction underneath it because liquid is successfully and i was watching my future and the future of and the history of literature just go away. away and it stood up at the end but i'll never forget that and it could have tipped over e and it with into the ease literal with coin flip ease. literal coin flip yeah. <laughs> and when uh priceless piece of literature the guy who i was supposed to be waiting for this uh six foot six brazilian guy uh comes in and he looks at a famous library full of slop and he just goes Bill, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was How incredible. You, what do you possibly do? Like just start paper toweling? You know it? what you do? You take tablecloths off of the bar and say, this is a big napkin now. And then like even that wouldn't take uh, uh, oh, that no. weight of liquid no. on the floor. It, it didn't take so much that ever since then, and this is also true, they banned catering from that room <laughs> thanks to Billy only. Which is it, – it's a smart move regardless of what happens. Absolutely. You, you, need, yeah. a, you need a Billy <laughs> to almost tip the scales. You exactly. need a dummy to tip the scales. Um, you, you, like, broke the glass ceiling that they didn't want to be broken. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like you set a precedent that they didn't want to set. What's a bad precedent? That's what you said. <laughs> yeah, um, Amir, as our first guest, it's probably our job to ask you questions along the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, today's theme is jobs. jobs. Everyone knows you for being uh, just kind of like always on the internet, always just kind of present. Your humor is kind of pervasive. Uh, Podcast master. What did yeah. you do before you were uh, uh, kind a of a jokester? Yeah, really, yeah. before you were a jokester. Uh, first jobs, you mean? Yeah. yeah. Uh, two come to mind in high school. Hmm. One, uh, I'll do the more boring one first. Cool. Tutor at an educational center. Mm -hmm. So I'd walk around. Kids would be learning on a computer. If they didn't have a, know what to do, they would raise their hand and I'd be like, yeah, you know, like three times seven is what? You did a good job. I'll give you a sticker. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's easy job for a 17-year-old. What, really... what do you get paid at a job like that? Whatever minimum wage was at the time. Okay. Mm -hmm. Which a I million think was dollars $80 an hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't it know. My cool. mom paid me, so. <laughs> my did mom you... made up the difference. Yeah. But it was, I think, between 80 and $150 an hour. Would okay. you really give them stickers for good work? Uh, they were magnets that you're supposed to put on your fridge. It was cool. called Score Educational Center. I wonder if it still exists. Hmm. 
Oh, well. Oh, well. Uh, <laughs> we ju- I, and I just stop wondering. <laughs> and I'll never wonder again. It'll never come up ever again for the rest of my life. Is that something that you internally want to do, like help out uh, students in the community and stuff? No, it wasn't that as much as it was like I didn't want to have a job like that surrounded food Mm -hmm. or like Charles Dickens. Yeah, like I didn't want him. I wanted to step above a McDonald's job. Mm -hmm. Okay. So helping seven-year-olds learn English was like above asking people what they wanted to eat. And that's true. You're right about that. (laughs) I'm a sort of social hierarchy. I would agree. I think that is more valuable. Right. Uh, So I assure you it had nothing to do with that, the goodness of my own heart. Right, right. Few Uh, things do. So my fun story is that uh, I had a job maybe before that when I was 15 or 16, my first job was just helping my dad at his office file. But the interesting thing is he is a gynecologist. Mm. So the files that I was like, one, helping put away were sometimes, he's a gynecologist in LA. So like I would see like, I know this actress or I know this person or that's my teacher. Wow. So I would hold their gynecological records in my hands, (laughs) trying so hard not to be like morally tempted to open it up and read like what was wrong with them. I'm not trying to be a creep. But does your dad have to take pictures of the vaginas? I don't think so. Right? That seems like <laughs> no. a, that seems wrong. Yeah, I don't think he has to take pictures of Because I guess I can't think of any, yeah, I guess, I don't think any doctors of mine have taken pictures of my broken bones. Yeah, head. yeah. So, I mean, maybe there's x-rays and ultrasound pictures. Right. Yeah. No so evidence. luckily I didn't steal any information because that would have been illegal. Right. But what did happen was sometimes my dad's like, oh, I'm going to go do a C-section. Do you want to see? Or, oh, I'm going to do a, a birth. Do you want to see? Wow. And like for him, it's like, you know, before lunch, I'll quickly pop like, this baby out. Just but quickly, like, like, change a person's life yeah. and deliver this baby <laughs> really quick. The most momentous occasion of a person's life is, like, what my dad has to, like, occasionally do during the day. Yeah, exactly. The equivalent of me writing a tweet. Yeah. Right. He's <laughs> exactly. so like, we'll be at home eating dinner. He's like, shit, I have to go deliver a baby. He comes, comes back within, like... 45 minutes right. and somebody's life is forever changed forever. they had their first baby and it's not his life yeah, his no. life is exactly the same yeah <laughs> zero difference and that's when you hit send yeah yeah and i'm like oh 81 retweets pretty good i'm also making a difference um your jobs are uh way more clean than i would say adam's jobs are adam if you don't know has some of the most, I would say, legendary young man jobs uh, that one could possibly have. And I think it comes from, you've mentioned this before, a sense of shamelessness. Yeah, yeah, I'll do whatever anyone asks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. To, I mean, Definitely. There's a series of stories that when I first met Adam and he started telling me them, I thought to myself, on every single chapter of every story, this is the funniest thing I'll ever hear in my entire life. See, I'll that's be- what I wish I had. I wish I had parents that like pushed me to do the shitty job to build character. Right. My mom was like, don't do the shitty job. I'll shelter you. I'll give you money if you need it. And then just do like, the nice, safe, normal job. Yeah, that's it. great. So, the grass is always greener. Right. I wish I had helped kids instead of working <laughs> and getting fired from my shitty small town supermarket twice because of laziness. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, like, my, but you, you know how hard it is to get fired by your one of your best friend's parents? It's hard. <laughs> it's hard. So, Adam grew up. Adam grew up in a town that when they put in the first stoplight it was huge it was like a wait where was this up voorheesville new york very very small town in upstate new york okay population a few i graduated (laughs) in high school public high school class of 88 wow and my friend's dad is the mayor and he won that vote i want to say something like 84 votes to zero the mayoral vote so unanimous he could have just said i'll do it and that would have been the election so if if you're from voorheesville new york and you're a young man there's two jobs you can have apparently (laughs) One is at the supermarket that Adam kept getting fired at until they wouldn't hire him back. <laughs> and the other job, Adam, was what? 
Was what? Singing Telegram. Oh, well, yes. Okay, well, that, right. Well, that was my college, that was my college job. <laughs> okay. Yes. I that... still, I don't want to shy away from at least uh, explaining, because <laughs> few people know an actual singing telegram. Yeah. yeah it, it seems like a job they made up in sitcoms in the 90s. It, right. For the movie Clue. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it was dead-ass real, Amir. Dead-ass real. Um, this wasn't a fleeting summer job for Adam. How uh, many years did you do this for? This was every single summer and winter break from college, so that would be four years. <laughs> four human years of my precious, precious, precious life uh, was dedicated to uh, a singing telegram company one by one, uh, run by one crazy human female. That I was at her beck and call, no matter what. Um, she also offered a, a strip. So beyond just doing – it was singing telegrams for adult <laughs> birthday parties and also children's birthday parties. I'd dress up in costumes. Um, the children's birthday parties were embarrassing for their own reasons. Um, namely, she didn't have the legal rights to any of these character names. Um, so she had to very subtly tweak them to make them like generic Halloween costumes. Exactly. Um, so like Scooby-Doo wasn't Scooby-Doo. It was just uh, Scooby. Mickey Mouse was Mr. Mouse. <laughs> Peter Man. <laughs> Wait, there's more. There's more. <laughs> An adult man named Peter Man. <laughs> Peter Man. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, my favorite was uh, SpongeBob SquarePants was Sponge Rob. <laughs> Square Rants. <laughs> so it was. So I would have to don these costumes and drive all over the capital, the capital region of New York, and go to these various birthday parties to varying degrees of success. Um, I once had to dress up in a Spider-Man costume and go to the local mafia Don's house, where the four-year-old whose birthday party it was, his Spider-Man costume was a trillion times nicer than mine, and I was Spider-Man. <laughs> I was the Spider-Man so, that came to the house, and everyone's Spider-Man <laughs> costume was infinitely nicer than mine. Because you were, you were not you even Spider-Man. You were like a generic version. I'm just Adam. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I was Spidey-Man. Spider-Sir. Spider-Sir. So, uh, and when you're doing this, are you – like, there's two ways you can take it. You yeah. can, like – this is great. I'm building character. This is so funny. I'm understanding the the humor in the situation. Yes. Or it can kill you emotionally. You leave and you're like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? I would say it was a 50-50 split right oh. down the middle. Oh, there. so sometimes you were feeling like that and sometimes you weren't? Or like you were just generally feeling right in the middle? It was a perfect cocktail. Each singing telegram <laughs> and each party was the perfect cocktail of, oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. What a delight. What a surreal dream. And I'll die. I'm dead. This is taking a piece – this is taking like a piece, like a ver every job was like a one vertebra was removed from my spine. Like there that's was, how it felt. There was, a, I don't know if you mentioned this briefly, but there was a sub branch of the singing telegrams called the BLTs. Yes, best little teasers in town. These are strippers, soft stripping, soft stripping. <laughs> and when you are a company that employs one singing telegram and you start a second company. That singing telegram is now the best little teaser in town. And Adam Lustick was that best little teaser. <laughs> Five foot ten, 150 pounds, soaking wet. I got called to one uh, 40th birthday party where I had to go dress as a policeman and strip like old school Magic Mike strip. And this. Was this in the winter or the summer? It was in the summer. It was okay, in the summer. Better. Good question. Here's why. Yeah. It was in the summer. Um, so I showed up and the costume is, uh, in a word, pathetic. Uh, it's Velcro, like Velcro. Velcro police shirt, uh, two baggy pants that belong to maybe my dad, black Converse All-Stars, you know, like a policeman, uh, wearing black Converse All-Stars, uh, and uh, a police hat that just said the name of the singing telegram company on it. So, to I mean, like, 
really authentic. Not a cop. Not a cop. So I showed up at this house, and it was all these sort of boozy, wine-drunk ladies. It was almost exactly sort of the <laughs> what you would think like a weird suburban upstate New York 40th birthday party would be. The liquor was flowing heavily, and like it was a lot of saucy ladies. But they're probably expecting Mario Lopez. Probably expecting someone with a muscle. <laughs> <laughs> Any, um, anywhere. <laughs> okay. Anything. So I rang the doorbell. I was like so nervous because in the office, uh, Cindy, my delightful boss, who ran the company and uh, and was my lord and master. Yeah. Um, she was like, uh, I heard her on the phone. She was like, well, yeah, we don't really have any um, strippers, really. And then I saw her sort of like eye me and sort of look me up and down, and I instantly right there knew exactly what was going to transpire. Um, and, you know, cut to 40 minutes later. I'm like in this cop costume at the house, and I bring the doorbell, <laughs> and the lady opens it. I can tell she's already drunk, and she looks me up and down, and the lady is disappointed. Like... <laughs> Audible, I think audibly gro- like groaned. It was like, ah. Oh. <laughs> she saw that this was the body she was going to get, and she was displeased. Uh, so and she like resentfully offered me some of the crudite and like some of the food that was there, but like she was mad. Like the cops she, here. Exactly. Like my chest is inverted. I've been told that my chest looks like a wet blanket. I don't even know what that means, but I've been told that my ch- my chest doesn't exist. Is this I, the? Does this go to the backyard? Does this? Yeah. Make yeah. It to the backyard? So we get to the backyard where uh, where the party. Finally, daytime, nighttime? Daytime. This is like 3 o'clock on a Saturday <laughs> afternoon. So I show up, and I'm 21, and I have less muscle than I do now, which is done. And I show up there, and I go to the backyard, and I start to strip, and I put on the song. And everyone's embarrassed, and, like, the ladies are, like, watching through their fingers. You know what I mean? And what is your at? What is your inner monologue right now? I think that just like by the virtue of the fact that we were like weird acting school weirdos, like once that sort of like performance instinct kicked in, yeah. I was like unselfconscious and like almost enjoying it. Right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like in a weird way, like liking that they were being, it was almost like they were being punished. Yeah. But what made you not enjoy it anymore? Well, it was a pool, unfortunately. <laughs> and uh, I ripped off my shirt. So there I am topless to, again, a chorus of groans and ooh, don't sort of thing. Uh, and then I had pants and I was taking my pants off and I was sort of taking my pants off and underneath the pants I had a, a thong on one of um, the company's uh, myriad of thongs and this was like an elephant uh, an elephant. Yep. Yep. We know where you're going you with that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, an elephant trunk thong. So I was taking off my pants um, to reveal my elephant trunk thong and in the middle of that I slipped and I fell and I sort of very awkwardly like stutter stepped down the first three stairs of the pool <laughs> And I just, like, kind of fell into the pool, and I was wear- not wearing a shirt, and my belt was undone, and my pants were half off, and now I'm soaking wet, and the elephant <laughs> and the elephant's thing is, like, so. just barely peeking out of my pants. So. And all these moms are so sad for me and oh so sad for themselves. God. So that two hours, the fast way of telling that story is uh, Cindy got a phone call. Yep. You realized you were a stripper today. Yep. And 90 minutes later, you had fallen into a pool. Fallen into a pool with an elephant thing around my dick. So if you are in uh, upstate New York, uh, namely Voorheesville, yeah. check out the best little teasers check in town. Out. Check it out. Are uh, they still there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not going anywhere. Needless to say, she has no local competition. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so <laughs> I was a caterer. I yeah. was a singing telegram. Yeah. And Amir worked for his father, the gynecologist. Yeah. Oh we God. will take our first break. Great. Listen to a song uh, that revolves exactly around jobs. Okay, cool. This is our remix of the Office theme song. Yes. And we'll be right back. Enjoy. Hell yeah. This song's for anyone who's graduated college. The party's over. You had to pick up your keg cups and take down your posters. You had to leave campus, and you, you're working in an office. 
But this ain't no sitcom. This is just the sad reality of having to grow up. I miss the keg cups, dorm rooms with bed bugs Nights that we got drunk, blacked out, woke up still wearing togas Fake IDs, they bought us 30 packs of beast I miss the girls who were sexy cats on Halloween I miss the oodles of ramen noodles that we devoured Flip cup tables, power hours Don't miss the cafeteria, one swipe of our meal card We all got diarrhea, and that stinks To be real, life ain't that hard Kegs and eggs for breakfast, guaranteed someone's gonna yak hard Best friends all down the hall, and we had a ball Writing on each other's dry erase board Saying, it's going down tonight, we're gonna pound tonight I got five bucks, another night of Natty Light If I sound sad, it's cause I am We gotta graduate, we gotta leave the promised land called college Yep, go get yourself a real job So now all your friends are 37, they have bad backs, bad breath And they all drive Toyota Camrys and have the same blue shirt America's workforce. In case you haven't done this before, a little tour. Here's your very own cubicle. You can do your emails and Googles. Mainly fantasize about planning your boss's funeral. And you can join the office softball team. Spend your Saturdays turning double plays with Janine, who makes it seem like she's nice, but in her heart she is mean. Cause she judges your selections from the vending machines. Who will you get transferred out to Stamford, Connecticut? Really just for the heck of it. Maybe take some workshop thing on business etiquette. And you can't refuse or you'll lose all your benefits. Remember how you used to be so crazy and shameless? Now you buck wild if you eat too Danish. Give it some time and you'll see that people like Michael Scott are really only funny on TV. But you gotta remember, you've got a choice. You've got a say in all of this. You don't have a bad back. Your breath is fine. Time to make a big decision. Been at this job for a while now. Getting hard to smile now that I have an employee file. How can I be 23 dreaming about retiring when I know a better place exists? Where the girls are 26 and they move from beer to wine. And they will smoke from time to time if the company's right. So check it. The office sucks. It makes you feel like a fool. So grab your plastic cup and poster, kid. You're going back for grad school. Because adulthood cannot be stopped, but it can be delayed. Okay, and we are back. That was the Office rap song. Adam, we made that about five years ago. Yeah, man. That was five years ago, huh? Yeah. British or American Office? That was the American, uh, the American Office. Yes. Yeah. We, we uh, go with You got it. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, people just heard it, so I don't need to sing it. Yeah. But it goes like it's like... What you really did was just reveal that we put that song in after we record the podcast. Oh, no. You have peeked behind the curtain. Oz is not what it seems. The least biggest secret in Hollywood. Right. The smallest secret. Yeah. I think what's funny about that, Billy, is that we wrapped that song and we sort of composed this song about the trials of graduating college and then being having to be sort of ushered into the workforce, which is an experience that, frankly, neither you or I really had. No. We didn't sort of like walk out of college into any sort of traditional office environment whatsoever. No. Have you guys ever had a nine to five? No. Never. 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 Wor- you either. Yeah. But you, well, I, had, I worked at College Humor, which was a nine to five, but the actual job was just silliness. Right. Right. Yeah. You, I mean, how? What was that like? When, when did you start College Humor? And I started work. I started writing for them when I was nineteen, just for free. in college. In college, just free articles, submissions, yeah, and stuff. It was like two thousand three, and I was like, I can write funny articles for your website. What was College Humor like at that point? It was 
it was a really, really big deal, like for college kids. It was like every week there was three articles, and then underneath the articles there were hot links that went in descending order of length. So it looked like a cone of links. Okay. Mm. And all those links would get clicked on so much. And like to have like one of your pieces of anything be like one of those hot links was yep. so like such a big deal. Awesome. And then uh, there were just like pictures, and okay. sometimes the pictures had boobies, and those were really popular. Sure. And sometimes it was like a guy mid puke. Mm-hmm. This is like the beginning of digital cameras, where like there was like still the date at the bottom of the the photos. Rotten.com yes. yeah. was still relevant. Like I remember, like my roommate had to find like double A batteries for his digital camera a lot. Yes, his digital camera was like four decks of cards in thickness <laughs> and in weight. Like that was a digital camera. The lens would come point... out like fifteen inches yeah. off of the actual camera. <laughs> With two point one megapixels, eight hundred dollars. <laughs> they don't but make. They don't make, they don't they don't make them like that anymore. No. <laughs> Thank God. But then how did you break through? How did you go from being just like one of the hundreds of people trying to get on the hot links page to actually getting one of the first writing gigs for College Humor? Uh, Well, College Humor had a bunch of like guest writers. So Mm -hmm. like it would be me and then a bunch of people who you may or may not know. And one of the other people was Streeter. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so when College Humor needed to hire writers to write their first book, the College Humor Guide to College in the summer of 2005, the timing worked out so well. That's why, like, I feel like half of my career is hmm. hard work, doing it for free, bootstrapping, yep. yada yada. And then half is just like I got really fortunate, right lucky. place, right time. Like, so I I graduated two months before they signed their book deal, wow. and they're like, "We have a book deal. We got in advance. Let's hire two writers." So they hired Streeter and myself cool. to help write this book. Cool. And That's got to feel awesome. Yeah. And they're like, do you want to move to New York, New York City? We'll give you like $35,000. I'm like, oh, that's a ton of $35,000? New yeah. York City? Yeah. yeah. And so I, I remember telling my mom, like, so I got offered a job. And she's like, okay, what? And then like, just like, why would you believe this 22-year-old guy who says, I just got offered a job working for College Humor? She's like, what's that? Right. Like, oh, it's a website in New York. And then she's like, okay, yeah, great. Yeah. She thought I just like got like, a, I'm reading her a spam email. Right. Yeah. This Nigerian prince yeah, just gave yeah, me $2 exactly. million. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then she's like, okay, $35,000 is not, you, you can't live in New York for that much money. I'm like, well, I think I'm going to like Watch try me. to make it work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Turns out I couldn't. she was right she was dead on right but fortunately like my mom had a connection that like got me a summer sublet on the Upper East Side that like I they paid for and that like gave me enough money to like accrue a little yeah right my brother lived in uh, New York so that helped out too what if College Humor didn't offer you that job do you imagine what career path you would have went into What's the mm. alternate universe of Amir where you don't do that? I think the alternate universe <laughs> was advertising. Oh, right. Because I, I went to school for business. I'm like, oh, I'll just be funny. I'll do funny commercials. Mm-hmm. Or I'll right. be like a funny businessman mm-hmm. or a funny marketer. Like, Super Bowl commercials are funny. I can write those. Yeah. We've <laughs> all become – we all work in advertising now, though. You yeah, know, well, like, the line has become so blurred absolutely. now. Yeah, comedy is advertising. Right. Right. And, like, the better you can disguise it, the more money you get. Yeah. Precisely. I love that you said, I'll just become a funny businessman. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that a thing? <laughs> like, you know how there are funny doctors, so I'll be a funny businessman. That is literally what you've become. You yeah. are that. Well, that's actually... You own the business that this podcast is hosted on, <laughs> and, and you're, you're our guest because you're funny. Yeah. That's actually the undies point of the day, which is an interesting little point that I made, which is the more you disguise advertising, the better 
y- it is. So and me undies yeah. advertised <laughs> that quote. Oh, did I don't know. I guess I did say their name, but Gosh, <laughs> and you wouldn't even notice it. <laughs> wow, I gotta buy some underwear. Yeah. Which, <laughs> which brings us to the Squarespace Act Three: uh, Future Jobs. Brought to you by Nike. <laughs> Squarespace. <laughs> But that had to be, I mean, for a world of comedians, it was all very like a disparate where some would be at UCB, some would be at the pit, some were just trying to make web videos. It was pretty awesome that you guys had a just home base. Yeah. That, 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 that I never was... had to struggle with uh, bringer shows where you do stand-up comedy in New York in 2003. You had to like pay five friends to go to your shows to perform right. in front of other comedians Literally. that did shows. Literally. Right. Uh, and I never had to take uh, Improv 101 with right. a 38-year-old accountant who is trying to like get over his fear of public speaking. A funny right. businessman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the alternate universe of me in 2003. Right. So I was, again, really lucky. Yeah. I guess we all were because we just we got into work at 10 and we were as funny as we could. And then we left at 6. And were you aware how lucky you were at the time? Uh, I think we just felt like happy, like this was college 2.0, like, mm-hmm. oh, all my friends are now working and we're just like right. a bunch of 23 year olds writing articles and trying to have a, a really good time. Yeah. But I don't think even now I'm, I don't, uh, I, or I do take things for granted. Like we're all lucky. Yeah. Right. But I don't feel lucky. <laughs> Right. But I should feel lucky. Right. Sometimes right. I try to actively think about uh, somebody else or myself if things didn't go the right way. And right. I'm like, God, how much money would I pay to be here with the current credits I have and this be my job Seriously. and this be my like uh, successful, success life? I would give everything to have it. And it's here, and it's now, and I'm having it. And I'm just like, oh, whatever. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's both a really nice and disheartening perspective that you have. Yeah. <laughs> it's I really should, sweet, though. I should feel fortunate. I should <laughs> feel lucky. Yeah. But I can't trick my mind into doing that. Right. I get used to the status quo. Absolutely. Don't we all? Yes. I don't know. Do you guys, do you guys ever feel just like a, a jolt of optimism and joy? Like, oh, look what I'm doing. I don't have a nine-to-five. I feel – I don't mean to sound braggadocious, but that's my – I would say that's my predominant feeling. I feel so, oh, yeah. so eternally and consistently fortuitous and lucky that I don't have a job, that I don't have a real job. And you you wake up feeling with that joy. I do. I do. I, li- I like to, I mean, on a good day, and I like to think that it is kind of an effort. You sort of have to, because you're so right to me, it's like everyone gets used to the status quo. You just get used to the reality that you're given. And yeah. like you immediately take things for granted. Yeah. I mean, it takes like minutes for yeah. the brain to acclimate to anything yeah. <laughs> and for you to be bored with your given reality no matter yeah. what. But so it does take like conscious effort to put to like feel lucky. Yeah, it does take effort. I like to think I put in the effort, probably not as much as I should. But. You know, I think that I what I one thing I admire the most about Adam is that he not only puts in the effort, sometimes he puts in effort that doesn't need to be put in <laughs> yeah. at all. And uh, I, I relate this directly to um, his stand up. And mm. just the Los Angeles stand-up scene. Mm. Oh. So Adam and I performed sketch comedy together mm-hmm. for, we still continue to, mm-hmm. for 12 years now. Mm-hmm. Um, when we moved out to Los Angeles, Adam was uh, pretty focused on wanting to uh, work on sketch comedy, specifically sketch, uh, I'm sorry, stand-up comedy. And that wasn't something that I necessarily wanted to do. But Adam really went all in on it, and he has performed in shows and environments that would uh, make anyone question mm-hmm. if this is worth it. Yeah. Um, I could tell some of your stories. One of my favorites is, um, well, here, do you have one that comes to mind? No, no, no. I'm curious. But just, but just, but just the, 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 nature, the nature of Los Angeles stand-up uh, is that you could be performing anywhere yeah. geographically, like in the back of a Chinese food restaurant. Right. Um, Quite frequently. Adam performed at a hostel where people were trying to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, that's right. I forgot about that, Bill. Bunk beds lined in the walls where people were trying to sleep, but he's in the middle with a microphone. He did another show. The comedy was an impediment. It was an impediment to the environment. He did another show where the microphone didn't even have a wire, but they still encouraged him to hold the microphone while doing the show. Beautiful. He sent me pictures of him performing to one. In what looks like a prison. Yeah, yeah, might as well be. See, you a have the mind. Yeah, you've been able to persevere. It's all. It's exactly like your jobs. You, you, you stuck with it, and you, you persevered, and you found optimism. So, like the fact that y- you feel joy on a day to day basis doesn't surprise me. Whereas me, I was sheltered from all that. Right. So I only exist, like you said, in like the rate of change. If I'm just <laughs> as happy today as I was yesterday, then I'm not happy. Right. If I was miserable yesterday, I'm much happier today. Exactly. The <laughs> best feeling in the world is no longer being sick. No longer being hungover yes. is better than being drunk. Oh. Because just that's the, the rate of change between nauseous and normal is so much better than normal and drunk. So that's what makes me feel happier than actual drugs and alcohol. Preach, Amir. Preach. <laughs> that is, that is, you are right. That is empirically true but it's it's unfortunate i wish i was more happy with the 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 plateau that i'm living on yeah 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 we take things for granted what about you bill um you're a grateful person and you feel yeah yeah i'm I'm very grateful yeah Uh, i think that one one quality of mine is as i've gotten older or at least since i've moved to los angeles and i don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing but i become slightly more distrusting or Mm. rather I'm I'm requiring more trust before I say yes going into mm. environments. It's almost like a self-protection thing where it seems like there's so many people yeah. that you're either being introduced to or have an idea that you almost have to parse out where 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 and who you're going to be giving your energy yeah. towards. Yeah. And I'm very grateful that I've been doing my job long enough to at least feel comfortable doing that. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, and it feels it's ludicrously it is ludicrously fortunate of us that when we even now at the age that we're at and when we talk about jobs, it's understood that we're even t- in the sphere of comedy make them up, yeah, or yeah. comedy adjacent. <laughs> we're not. It's like we're it feels like, I mean, barring something weird, it's like it feels like we have left the catering sort of like yes. menial job right, portion of, of our life behind a little bit, hopefully. Yeah. But even that, that makes me so fortunate. But that feels so fortunate. <laughs> but you know what's interesting is that at least when I was asked, what do you do 10 years ago? Or rather, so what do you do? Was how the question would be asked. I could say, well, I do comedy, but I cater for cash. Right, right. But now when someone says, so what do you do? It's like I can't even answer it any more clearly. Yeah. It's like I, you know, I do comedy and sometimes I get hired to write commercials and occasionally we'll get to sell a television show or sometimes exactly. we'll get to do this. And it's just like that's not a job. I know. I know. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's not a, a job. Yeah. It's, you've, you, we Voltron side hustles together to create a, a job exactly. out of uh, eight mini jobs. Right. Exactly. And that's our job. Yeah. Exactly. Like yeah. time flies. I'm not doing nothing all day. But at the same time, I don't know how to describe exactly. Like, it is hard. Like, so what would you do today? I was like, I, I I don't know. I worked, I think. I, I had mean, a convers- I answered a lot of emails. I chatted with Billy and Amir about yeah. how we don't have jobs, and yeah. that weirdly <laughs> is, um, I think, my job. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yes, I, I, I'm constantly between, like, I don't do anything all day, and, like, I do a lot all day. Right. Because, like, does this count as doing something? On whose, it yeah. does. On whose scale? But it feels like nothing. <laughs> right. Exactly. I just sat down and chatted. Yeah. We've talked about, Adam and I have talked about this before. We've both been just kind of employed as writers on a variety of fronts for a while. And there's such a huge difference between, uh, you know, or I should rather say that there's not a huge difference between typing and writing. So that, like if you're writing, sometimes you could just sit and be thinking on your couch for four consecutive hours. And like it could look like you're just staring at the wall, but ultimately you're plotting some sort of story, right. some sort of thing that 
you know, at least you're unpacking philosophies that will ultimately come into a story. And that's writing. But it's so hard to then tell your girlfriend who's been at her job all day that I sat on the corner of the couch for six hours (laughs) and I had some interesting thoughts and I worked. Job well done. Job well done. (laughs) It's impossible to quantify that. But that is truly comes with the job. I know. It's interesting. It's It's like the sort of cognitive dissonance between... Because obviously the three of us, we have work ethics and we're intelligent, intuitive people, but it's hard to feel truly productive when your mo- when it's your thoughts and it's your mind that is the commodity. It's hard right. to feel like that's... There's nothing tangible there. There's nothing tangible. Yeah. yeah. Nothing tangible to make. Do, are, you, can, are you crafty? Are you, can, do you physically build things? No. Me neither. Whatsoever. <laughs> but you know what you what do? That's another here. shelter thing. But you, you are uh, crafty 2.0. You understand. Yeah, I can create things, yes. technological things. Which probably will better will be a better asset than having to build a log cabin when the apocalypse happens. You Perhaps know, for, so. Right. But I'm so, I, yeah, I, I can barely put Ikea furniture together. Mm, okay. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, when something breaks, I call somebody who's smarter. That's still base level crafty. <laughs> another thing where it's like, am I, is this good or bad? Like you were saying earlier. When I am so quickly, or I'm so quick to trust people who are better than me at things. Like, I'm just like, I don't know, ask somebody else. I'm not the best person at this. I'm not the best person at this. Mm -hmm. What is this? What does Billy think about this strength thing? I don't want to like start researching how to work out. Just ask Billy. (laughs) Right. Just phone a friend. Yeah. (laughs) I know so many people that are so much better than me at so many things that it's like, just I shuffle off responsibilities to them. And just to think about the, uh, what you talked about earlier, where 60% of it wasn't actually words. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you know what it requires to run a podcast network. Right. Yes, because You're... there are a few things that I'm the expert in. Yeah. Right. right, ask you. Yeah, and you know what it is. It's like nobody else was, so I had to figure it out. I wish I had that internal motivation to do it from the get go. Mm-hmm. Right, like when something is broken. Let's say my washing machine doesn't work. I'm so sorry to hear that. Uh, don't worry, it does, but <laughs> it would never break. But if it did break, I wouldn't start researching how to fix it. I Hell would be no. like, who's my most handy friend? What do you think is wrong? You tell me. Right. But if I didn't have a handy friend, or maybe I should just pretend I don't have a handy friend so that I can figure it out. So going forward, I'm a better person. But I haven't been doing that. That's so funny. Job well done. <laughs> I feel like you, Billy, I feel like something I admire about you is that you, I feel like, are an aggressive autodidact, and you do like teaching yourself new skills, where I think I fall a little bit slightly more into the Amir camp of if I don't know something, if I feel like I don't have a mastery over it, I am happy to not learn anything <laughs> yeah. about it ever. Yeah. And I, yeah, and it's my, but you have a huge threshold for learning new skills. Well, I think it's also <clears> like, so when we were recording this podcast today, we put a new card into the card reader and uh, Amir was opening it. And within one tug of the plastic <laughs> case, he, there was no conversation. He just gave it to me. Yeah. And then I ripped it open and the card flew across the room. <laughs> and a every... perfect microcosm of what we're talking about. Amir I said, can't open this card. I'll give it to someone who's stronger than me. And we'll tear it apart in a second. Yeah. Yeah. And that happened. Exactly. <laughs> um, great. Let's call that act two. Okay, great. We'll take another breath. We'll play another song. Cool. We'll come back and we'll wrap this puppy up. This is the No Joke Podcast. Billy, Adam, and our guest Amir. Snakes could do funk. We'll say anything that you tell us to. If it is funk, if it is funk, we'll say anything that you tell us to. If it is funk, if it is funk, oh yeah. You say what we. 
we say Cause we told you to say it And we got a funky beat So you know we gotta play it It feels so right Well it can't be wrong I'ma sing these words You should sing along Tell your daddy and your sister And your brother and mom And everybody likes a little call and response You're loving on the groove And you're digging the beat So turn off your brains And follow our lead Say get down Get down Say live tonight Live tonight Say funky Funky Now scream Okay, we are back. This is the No Joke Podcast. I am Billy. I'm with Adam and Amir. Mm-hmm. A lot of jokes. A lot of jokes for a No Joke Podcast. So I'm laughing a lot for the title uh, of the podcast. Yeah, but you have like a sort of a sick, like anti-joke sense of humor. Oh, what yeah. So when I hear sad things, I'm cracking That's up. That's insane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that song was called Funk. It was off of the Sleepover EP Volume 2. That's right. Uh, we'll talk about that in another podcast. Sure. But the genesis of that or the idea of that is that we would lock ourselves in recording studios for 24 hours with, with no Beats and no lyrics, nothing written or planned. Wow! And, and we'd walk out with a fully written, mixed, mastered album. And we did that twice. Hours later. And it was albums. Yes, yeah. because we found that we would, <laughs> in isolated uh, environments of creativity, the most work would get done. Yeah. So we yeah. could potentially make an album, but it would take four months to get all the emails back and forth. Right. And stuff. Mm-hmm. We locked ourselves with the people we needed, mm-hmm. and everyone just dialed in, and it was one of the most creatively fulfilling. Yes, that and that awesome. song "Funk" was almost the single-handed brainchild of our producer Mike Perkillo, who literally constructed that track, playing all the live instruments track by track by track. He played the bass guitar, played the guitar, did the drums, did everything. Yep. And he was—I mean, he's. 
his hero is Prince, and like you could tell, he like definitely models himself in that Prince play every instrument like only musician required to make the whole album. Yep. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, as a reminder, amazing. you can download our music. I think at billionadam.bandcamp.com. Yeah, if you search hard enough. You'll find enough it. keywords in there. The rap SSRI. group, is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The group is called Snakes. You'll find us. Yes, you know how Google works. You know how Google right. works, right? Yeah. So yeah. let's let's imagine that it is. It's currently 2016. Let's imagine it's 2022. Oh Six my years God. from now. Right. Okay. Cool. So Headgum is uh, celebrating its seven year anniversary. Congrats, Amir. Oh, I'm I'm way way beyond Headgum. Have you sold? Oh, yeah. You've sold the company. I'm just a disembodied head right now, <laughs> floating in the ether of in whatever Headgum is left. That's, that's, wow. <laughs> Six years from now, Amir. Like... Oh, sorry. I thought you said thirty twenty two. Okay, so twenty twenty. Yeah, six years. Okay, I thought you said a thousand and six years. Because I was going to say that I'm just a spirit more than an actual physical person. Right. That right. headgum only exists as a philosophy. Got it. Uh, on a mountain of digital cryptocurrency known previously as Bitcoin, but futurely as I don't know. We how Co- could we possibly know? Yeah. Coin. Yeah. Coin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There coin. is only one, and it is coin. Uh, but in 2022, yeah, hopefully headgum is a, a bigger machine. That I'm not having to, I, I shouldn't be the CTO of it. Right. right now, I'm the smartest guy at like technology at the company, and I probably shouldn't be. Okay. Yeah, I should, we should be hiring people who are smarter than us. And also, just natural growth means that new people come in to take your position, yeah. so you can expand onto something yeah, new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More higher level stuff, and less like, hey, my episode didn't post. Why? Right. Yeah. Right now, all three of us are doing like every job, mm-hmm. but we should probably start. Focusing on, yeah, delegating. Mm -hmm. That comes with time. But what does, I mean, as someone who has kind of, I'm sure, thought about it more than most, what does the future of podcast networks actually look like? Or what would be the ideal next step? Yeah. Uh, Well, I think the hope or the goal, and what I believe to be true, and I hope I'm right, is that podcasts become more popular as a medium. Mm -hmm. So right now, the hardest thing about getting people to listen to your podcast is getting people to listen to podcasts. Right. So... I don't know how many people actually listen to podcasts, but the ones that do listen to more than one. Mm -hmm. And it's all about that gateway podcast. Like Serial did a great job Mm -hmm. for podcasts in general because people are like, oh, I didn't even know podcasts were a thing. Serial is good. What else is out there? Right. So as more and more of these uh, podcasts grow up and become things, like now celebrities are starting to do their own podcasts. Like Anna Ferris is doing podcasts, which is great because fans of Anna Ferris didn't necessarily know what podcasts were. Mm -hmm. So just like Twitter was in like 2006 – like it was this thing that you texted and you don't really know how it worked. And then suddenly celebrities were on it. Ashton like, Kutcher was yeah. doing it. Yeah. Shaq was like one of the first like, whoa, Shaq has a Twitter. And he's like, I, right. I got to get a Twitter. Now everybody has a Twitter. Yes. So and it's I, same the nature of like videos kind of arrival too, because that kind of ushered in this new on demand uh, where it's, you don't have to wait for a time for a new piece of media. Yeah, if you totally. want it, you can access it. And it feels like that's now almost consuming the radio world right. where it's like, I'm not going to wait for this radio show to come on at four on when demand. there's on demand audio every day Yeah, where it, I could just curve it towards my schedule. It's mm-hmm. kind of like how TV is diminishing while the internet's growing right. up. Like Netflix, Amazon, Hulu's of the world where like nobody, or I shouldn't say nobody, but less and less people are like, it's Tuesday at 8.30. I got to watch the middle on ABC. Otherwise, right. what, when am I going to see it? Shout right. out to you, my mom. You yeah. definitely do that. <laughs> <laughs> You're watching the middle at 8.30 yeah. on that Tuesday because how else are you going to see it? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. There are people who didn't grow up with that uh, and don't know anything else yeah. and still look forward to that appointment television. Yes, exactly. But podcasts are going to get more and more popular as like other radio shows um, 
it's fully happening harder to listen to my younger brother lives in lawrence kansas and he is like not nowhere near new york or la or the entertainment nexus of the world and yeah. is like obsessed with paula tompkins and everything in the paula tompkins sphere and like consumes rabidly yeah. every paula tompkins podcast and paula tompkins adjacent <laughs> podcast yeah. right. including the pistol shrimps radio show that are sure. like the live broadcasts of the la women's rec league that we right. do here yeah. so yeah i think that like the the podcasts podcasts are definitely seeping out into the mainstream at a rapid rate it feels like it's happening yeah yeah so the goal is to be there now before yeah. that explosion happens mm-hmm. so you're already there yes you're already there nice mm-hmm. what about you ad 2023 yeah what Called am i doing six years from now six years 2022 i believe 2022 yeah 2022. accordingly six years from now what kind of job would i like to be doing sincerely yes um, well, um, let's go joke answer. Okay, let's go joke. Yes, <laughs> much better for radio. Um, I want to be a pizza. Uh, I'd probably be a fart machine. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I want to be a pizza. <laughs> I don't know. I want to be a fart machine. <laughs> Which kind of is what a pizza is. is it? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys. No jokes. No joke with Billy. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, I would, I would very much like to continue making funny things with my friends. Uh, and that's that's as far that's as far as I've imagined. Okay. And I hope that's here on Earth. But if in six years we accelerate to the point where that can be on Mars, mm-hmm. where that can be on another planet, I would uh, happily welcome that opportunity. Would you take the moon? Not another planet, but still pretty far away. A huge rock in the sky. Pass. Wow. <laughs> hard, hard, hard. Not even close. <laughs> what, you mean the Earth's moon? No. <laughs> or do you mean Jupiter's second moon, Io? Because yeah. then maybe. <laughs> yes. That's funny. Yeah. Might as well be Lawrence, Kansas, if exactly. we're staying on this terrestrial body. What um, about you, Billy, six years from now? Fart machine. You I want to be a fart that. machine too. Want to be a fart machine? <laughs> Get in line, brother. Just waiting for my chance. Get in line. You know, uh, I think everyone's coming out of college with fart machine degrees and wants that job. Oh, they really? Yeah. <laughs> it's like a communications degree. Everyone's got one. It's like what separates you from the other people who want to be fart machines exactly. at this point. You want to know what it is? What? Good oh, one. That's really good. And All that right. was just off the yeah. cuff. <laughs> And that's a beta version of the machine. That isn't even the fully formed thing. Right. That's without all the levels tweaked. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Amir, thanks so much for doing the podcast. You didn't answer answer the question. I wanted to know. An actual answer? Yeah. I thought we were going to end on a funny note. (laughs) No. God, no. This is no joke. No joke. No Um, joke. I think that in six years, years, I'd like to be hosting my own late night television show. Yeah, boy. Oh. Well, this seems to be like the prehistory to that. I think that this podcast and doing podcasts with you guys at HeadGum has uh, really chiseled away what I want or what I think I enjoy the most out of performing. And I think it's not having to act like another character, but to use my favorite qualities about myself to talk to people. Yeah. You're really good at it. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. And you're also really good at characters. Like like your famous Biff the Mailman. Uh, (laughs) Let's hear that. Uh, I got your mail. It's Biff. Hysterical. <laughs> it's just like dead on, yeah. and he just embodies it. And yeah. it would be a shame to lose that. But I do appreciate your yeah. interest. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna just not do the monologue. We're just gonna do a bunch of great character <laughs> stuff, namely mailmen. <laughs> mailmen. <laughs> Billy has a whole stable of mailmen characters, yeah. um, <laughs> all named Biff. But you know, I think that all three of our twenty twenty twos don't have to be uh, separated. You yeah, know, uh-huh. you're gonna be still running this entity. Yeah, you're gonna be w- making stuff with your friends. Hope so. And hopefully, I'll be hosting that same thing with you. Come on. On Mars or on one of the cooler moons, not yeah. a shitty one. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So look for us in 2022 on uh, Io or the boring-ass moon. Yeah. Um, if but, we're unlucky. But this is the No Joke Podcast, episode two. Another fun one. We revolved around jobs. Um, I'm Billy. I'm Adam. 
And I'm a beer. <laughs> and I'm uh, Biff the Mailman <laughs> Fart Machine. <laughs> Great. Always end your episode on a fart. Thanks, guys. See you next week. Thanks. Bye. Bye. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>